A landmark episode for us here on uh, Pod Racers, a Star Wars podcast. It's episode number 50. And we've got Matt and we've got Damon with you. Matt, how's it going, buddy? Oh, it's not so bad. Not so bad. It's nice to have been uh, been doing this so far uh, for so long that we got 50 episodes out under our belt. Belgium. actually kind of wow, crazy. can't even talk okay we we don't have a ton of like people that follow us but uh, at the same time i gotta throw a shout out actually uh on twitter i follow this uh star wars kind of um i don't even know what you would like a follow list kind of mm-hmm. and we're always getting shout outs uh by this one guy which is just awesome um really yeah he always he's like he he puts down a whole bunch of different uh podcasts and we're always on it and it's always appreciated it uh, because it's cool. Ryan Bullock. So uh, our Reza2594 on Twitter. Big shout out to you for uh, always kind of pump, pimping us out there. And hopefully we, we do get some followers because uh, we love doing this and we love having some fun and talking Star Wars. And it looks like there might be some stuff coming up in the next. Like lots of people were disappointed because I guess the uh, E3 happened and there wasn't really any announcements for video games or mm-hmm. anything like that. And I was like, eh, if they're not ready to announce it, don't announce a half-ass project. Mm-hmm. Like just yeah. don't. So I'm I'm okay with that. I know that we, they're they're going strong with the books and the comics as of right now, and they're kind of setting up the, uh, the peripheral, if you will, of the Star Wars universe. Because the, I would assume, with this type of franchise, there are big plans in place. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll get into that right away with the news portion of our podcast uh, i did read something pretty phenomenal but before i get to that uh there was a casting choice for the obi-wan show apparently princess leia will be in the show just oh. as a little kid um vivian okay. lyra blair has been cast as a very young leia and she she is young so mm-hmm. we'll see we'll see young luke we'll see young leia i don't know they say it's 10 years before a new hope so I guess I, I don't I don't know her age, but yeah, nine ish, I guess at that point. But she might be no, she's got to be the same age as Luke. They're twins. Yeah, they're twins. So like eight or nine. Um, yeah, sure, why not? But it's it'll be weird because you've got to then assume that um, what is his name? Rick Smiths? No, not Rick Smiths. He's a football, uh, basketball player. <laughs> Jimmy Smiths. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to assume Jimmy Smiths is going to be a part of this. As Bail Organa, yeah. Well, you'd think so. What what the heck is Leia doing there? Mm-hmm. if bale's not around right so yeah. i don't i haven't seen that casting announcement made but if they're casting princess leia we're gonna get some bail organa which mm-hmm. means we're gonna see alderan which is kind of cool i think i hope 
maybe yeah. maybe uh obi-wan fights inquisitors or i don't know maybe he fights vader on alderaan maybe, maybe. i don't want to see another obi-wan vader fight on mustafar i've already seen it mm-hmm. unless you want to go with the whole well it's that was anakin and obi-wan yeah it's still vader yeah i guess it's still vader and I imagine it'd be way cheaper to have a fight on Alderaan than it would be on Mustafar. <laughs> <laughs> Just for... Oh, but then then again, they have their background, their their whole screen systems thing that's set up. That was for the Mandalorian, which is phenomenal. So, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's a little different, but pretty cool casting. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do with that show. I know that they're filming it right now. Uh, we all know that it's only going to be... Well, you, they say it's a one-off. Loki was supposed to be a one-off, and we're getting a second season of Loki. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Maybe you and McGregor likes it so much. He's like, ah, let's do it. let's do some more. But I think there's only so much story you can tell there, mm. right? Because it's got to be like this is this these what is it six episodes, eight episodes, something maybe? like that. Yeah, it's got to be one Quite. story that yeah. they're telling in those six. It's like a movie. It's a six-hour movie. Yeah. kind of thing which is awesome i'm contemplating when it does come out not watching it until it's all out yeah and then binging it Ooh, that'll be hard i know i know i know yeah, everything will be spoiled for you that will be a six or seven week time when i don't look at social media <laughs> that's gonna be hard that will be hard too because it'll be in the middle of hockey season and yeah yeah, that'll be. I don't know. We'll we'll figure it out. <laughs> or I just watch it and I binge it afterwards anyway, which is probably more so what I'll do. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other piece of news that I found, and I, this one I think we'll we'll get into a lot because this is uh, interesting. According to YouTuber Overlord DVD. Now I don't know if yes, I listened to him too. I had some information from him as well this week. Is it the same thing? The John Favreau it. and Dave Filoni have begun working on a plan to rid the Disney sequel trilogy. I have to write them out as though they're going to become a, a legend story. Yes. Yeah. That's huge news. And it's going to take like a decade or more for them to do that, which is fine. It's not, really? I don't think it should be a quick thing. Well, yeah. Think of all the stories that they're going to tell. Right. Um, so, okay. You when know, you, they when gotta, you say the ten, that like the decade to, to, to fix it, does that mean we're not going to get sequel trilogy movies for a decade and they're going to, they have to figure out like, the whole story on how to get rid of it. And that's where they're going with that direction. I think so. Like for my, what I took away from that, uh, it was really interesting. I actually, you know, when he talks about star Wars, he has some really interesting stuff on his show. So um, it, the presentation's a little odd, but it's <laughs> otherwise uh, thought provoking and informative. I found. Is and this like, the guy he, that kind of looks like he's uh, straight? Where's the of... mask? Oh, okay. It is him. Okay. Overlord, is diff- right? Is he different than Doomcock? Or is he calling him something self different now? I don't know. No, oh, okay. Well, whatever. Maybe. Go on. <laughs> um but yeah, so like he said that this is going to be a long, long process, right? They can't just do it really quickly. Um, they have to set up the story, they have to make it like plausible that having this written out is something that'll, you know, satisfy fans and make like sense in the star wars universe 
Yeah, you don't want to. I don't think you want to kill off the fans that were created with the sequel trilogy because no, there I were like know. we've talked about this like madness. The sequel trilogy can be fixed. Yes, but sure. does it make? Is it cheaper to fix or is it cheaper to just produce new content and erase it? Yeah, I think you can just like. Well, I mean, we've talked about it a lot on our show, The World Between Worlds, yeah. right? Like, that's that's got to be the place they go. It's got to be. It's, it's the only place I think that they can really go. And you yeah. have to, like, the, the, the way, I've been thinking about this too. The way you do it is you have to have kind of a Jar Jar character that accidentally disrupts the flow of time. Maybe, yeah. Not And not in a joking way. But mm-hmm. like, like as a like a secondary, third, even kind of tier character that isn't trying because you can't have Luke or you can't have even Ray mm-hmm. or anybody like that that goes into the world between worlds and screws with the timeline mm-hmm. because that is the last thing a Jedi would want to do, right? Ezra does it completely by instinct and mistake mm-hmm. with Ahsoka, and. He has to make a, a, a like a conscious decision to not do it again for Kanan. So whether it's Ahsoka, Luke, even Kanan, I don't know, maybe Kanan could be the guy that does it. And that's what kind of ultimately turns him to the dark side or something along that lines. But I think it has to be like a, a third tier, second tier character that oopsies <laughs> and maybe erases the sequel trilogy from existence Mm. somehow, whether it's um, destroying outright destroying Palpatine, Mm -hmm. which would then completely change the, the forecast for the sequel trilogy, right? Then there's no Mm -hmm. Ray. Mm -hmm. There's no, there's no Palpatine. There's no Snoke. All of those things are erased. Mm -hmm. And then, um, well, I don't even know if they have to do that. I don't think they need to erase it. Like they could just, you know, be around, but not in the same capacity. Maybe they have different roles. Maybe, you know. Um, well, I guess you could still have. They can. They could. They're the like cloning. a. Multi, they're like a multiverse version of themselves, right? Right. You know, there so are you there still are... have these characters if you want because they're all pretty great characters. Sure. No. You know. Um, I thought Snoke was really interesting. I was yeah, really Snoke curious was. to know what was going to happen with Snoke. Kylo Ren was freaking cool. I like you know, I like Kylo. I liked Kylo well, Ren Kylo too. doesn't he doesn't need to be erased, right? Because we no, know that doesn't. Leia and Han have a kid. Yeah, you know, uh, Ray. Yeah, maybe she could show up, but she maybe she is uh, not as powerful. Maybe she's force sensitive, but not <laughs> as powerful. You know, she, you don't believe in her power in the force. I don't. Okay. Um, I mean, I. I That's just, <laughs> I mean, I guess I have to say that I do because of what she does in the sequel trilogy, but like it just, not for long, it turns it all upside down from anyway. We'll get on a sequel rant here, and I'm on a sequel rant, sequel rant timeline here. <laughs> yeah, okay, <laughs> but yeah, it'll be. I, I love that. Mm. I love that it's now in motion and it's a go. And mm. here we go. This is where this is where it gets interesting. Anakin flying in his Jedi fighter in the beginning of revenge of the sith now the fun begins like we're gonna see all sorts of crazy crazy stuff 
mm-hmm. which I'm really, really excited for. Mm-hmm. So I, I just hope that they, they do have Filoni and Fabro, especially Filoni. Yeah. Just running with the stories and going nuts. And here's, here's like, because th- one of the things that I've always seen on the um, Star Wars Theory podcast and, and mm-hmm. videos and all that stuff is he's so enamored with George Lucas and everything that George did was perfect. And like George brought us this, this amazing world that we all dive into and have fun with and enjoy and the video games, the movies and the TV shows and everything, right? Like George Lucas is the pioneer, but George Lucas was a mess at the same time. Yeah. If you've got Dave Filoni, who's got at at the very least, just a step below George Lucas in star Wars knowledge, Mm -hmm. but a thousand steps ahead of him, in production, in creating, in all of this kind of stuff. Plus, he's got George uh, George Lucas's ear because mm-hmm. he respects him so much. That means we're going to get amazing stuff that everybody in the Star Wars fandom can get behind and enjoy. And I think the fandom then has to stop being so toxic and shooting down every idea that comes out, right? Like, mm-hmm. let's all the people that love the star Wars sequels, you're going to have to deal with it. They're not going to be a thing. Well, they, I, I don't know. I guess they're, they're a thing. They just, you know, oh, like, they you, won't like, continue that story. Right. Like it's you know? going to change. It's not going to be the same story. Maybe we get to see Ray and Poe and Finn and all of these other characters in different capacities. And great. I'm all for that. And you're right. Like, I'd like to see Ray in a better capacity where she isn't just so overpowered right from the get go. Mm-hmm. So, and then the, the only explanation is the dyad in the forest, the, the light side has to match the dark side. Like th- then, then it becomes, what's the point of Anakin? Yeah. Right. Like the force will figure it out on its own. You don't need, you don't need Anakin. <laughs> yeah. Isn't Anakin the force figuring it out on its own kind of thing. Yeah. But he's, but he's faulted. Right. Whereas mm-hmm. Ray didn't really have any faults. No. And Kylo trained so damn hard to, <laughs> to do nothing against this girl who didn't have to do anything. Yeah. So like, it's, it's a struggle, but anyway, uh, yeah, that's all the news I had. Did you have anything else that you wanted to get into? Um, I heard the rumors that are that they cast Thrawn. Yes. Um, Mads, uh, not Mads. Um, his something bro- Nicholson, the, isn't it? It's the yeah. guy who voiced him in Rebels. Yeah, yeah. So that's it's Mads awesome. Mickelson's brother, I think. Is it? I or think I his missing... name's Mickelson. It is Mickelson, right? Anyway, yeah. But yeah, he's that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So that'll be cool. That'll be great. And then we already know the the um, the casting of Ezra, mm-hmm. who is I don't know his name. I I never guy from up. Aladdin, right? The guy from Aladdin. Yeah. Uh, so that's cool. That's all I we assume is going to be coming out in the Ahsoka TV show when it does start filming. Um, yeah, there's there's a bunch of stuff coming down the line. Mm-hmm. Lots of excitement. Uh, should we get into our top five? Sure. We're going to run through this this episode so we can right. get Maddie out of here. Uh, right. This week's top five things we would change. I've been calling it the dawn of rebellion era. Sure, that's good. Um. Go ahead, you start. Uh, More Hondo in everything. (laughs) 
I didn't have that, but I do now. That's my I first agree. one. Um, yeah, I don't know. Incredible. He's just my favorite character, other than, I guess, uh, the Force users in the show. I don't know. He's just a fun character. He makes every episode fun, and he's always uh, always a, a welcome sight, I guess, on uh, on, the, on the screen whenever I'm watching. So He's um... more Hondo and everything. He's actually, he's actually got some pretty incredible scenes, like especially right at the end of Rebels mm-hmm. when he's like emotional about Ezra and he would do anything for that kid. Like, yeah, what a what a difference two eras of Star Wars makes for a character like Hondo. Mm-hmm. Uh, my top <clears throat> or my first one is I want to see more of the fallout of the faults of the Jedi. OK, uh, within the Clone Wars now into the Rebellion era. Right. Um Stuff within the Jedi Temple. Mm-hmm. Way too many secrets and unexplored stuff there. We barely have any knowledge of what the inside of the Jedi Temple looks like. Mm-hmm. Right? Just a few clips here and there in the um, prequel trilogy. Nothing really in Rebels. I guess a, just a tiny bit in Clone Wars. Yeah. Like, we see in the comics how instrumental Jocasta New is. Mm-hmm. especially with getting the um, the information of like all the kids names and all that and, and hiding that for Luke to discover years later. Um, all of this stuff, we don't see any of that. I want to see more of it. I want to see also more of like, I want to see other Jedi living a life that isn't a Jedi life questioning their Jedi life. Yeah. Especially after the fall. Yeah. The like order, well, how right? is this right. possible when we had so many Jedi and now we have nothing, right? Like Kanan is just, ah, I'm Kanan. I've got force powers. I used to be a Jedi. I love a Twi'lek. <laughs> like he, there's no, there's no real questioning of what happened, right? He's, he's full on. Let's train Ezra to be a Jedi. Mm-hmm. But what, like, why would you do that? Especially after what we saw in the beginning of rebels. So I want to see more of that stuff. What's up next for you? Okay. Um, I have, uh, just show Kira in the Crimson Dawn and with Maul and like, how did she get there? What changed her? Ooh, you know, I, I, I don't like that. They left that unexplained. Like, you know, she's gone from hand for what, three years or something? something like that. And she's like being addressed by Maul directly, you know? So she is very important. Well, I guess she's being addressed by Maul directly at the end after the death of um, what's his face. Yeah. Uh, so she's kind of like second in command Yeah. to him, right? So mm-hmm. then she would step into his role, I guess. And yeah. that's why they have that information. Because even Maul says at the end of the movie, like it, it would appear that we're going to be spending a lot more time together kind of thing. So, but yeah, I agree. How did she get there? Like the explanation we got in solo was I've had to do many bad things. Yeah. Right. And it's like, okay, well, like what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's find out. Mm-hmm. Um, my next one is Vader hunting down Jedi. Okay. We read about it a little bit in the comics. Uh, we've read it in some books, but all we get really is two moments in rebels and a hallway scene for the ages in rogue one. Mm-hmm. That's it. I want, I want more. Mm-hmm. I want Jedi hunting Vader and failing 
and him like we we know about his obsession with obi-wan let's mm-hmm. see it let's see yeah. that in tv shows like there's so many shows that we could be watching this in one of these is is bad batch mm-hmm. like there could be there could be a side episode where i don't know that the bad batch comes across a, a vader that is just absolutely obsessed with finding obi-wan yeah, how do you have Vader not slay them though immediately? Yeah, that's a good that's a good point. I guess you could maybe have that towards the end. Mm-hmm. Maybe to of the show where Echo is that that piece that uh Vader finds out about that would have like a connection to Obi-Wan mm-hmm. at some point or even Well, he can't do anything with Rex in that in that regard because Rex has to live. <clears throat> However, it appears we're going to be getting Cody pretty soon. Yeah. So maybe maybe that's how right Cody maybe Cody dies. Okay. And Bad Batch like depending upon what the story is that they want to tell there. But uh, that's my that's my next piece. I want more Vader hunting down Jedi, whether it's in Bad Batch or anything. But Dawn of the Rebellion. We need to see more Vader going straight up obsessive about it. Okay. I do like to see that too. I, I mean, obviously I love to see that Vader stuff. I have for me, I guess it's sort of related to what you just said, because you're talking about like Vader hunting down Jedi. I would have liked to have seen like a Jedi a storehouse of knowledge by the, like maybe an archivist, um, be discovered kind of like uh, <clears throat> like jacosta knew yeah kind of but not yeah anybody yeah. really that's that's one of the things i would like to see in in rebels i mean they i guess they did find temples but there wasn't really like yeah you know i guess if they want the jedi religion to prevail throughout the rest of the telling of the star wars story then i think they kind of have to find an archive with all the knowledge, like not rebuild it all from scratch, like that'll, and then Luke will eventually find it, or you know. Well, even even if you have like okay, so in the comics, Jocasta New had built up this archive for Luke to discover, mm-hmm. and it had history of the Jedi, it had the names of the kids, it had I think that's where he found the books, all these things, but nobody was guarding that; mm-hmm. they just hid it. Yeah. That seems dumb. So, yeah. Like, y- you have... Whether it's a Jedi robot droid, like the one that we saw Vader tear apart in that comic with Jocasta New, mm-hmm. that actually calls him Anakin Skywalker because he like, he has the ability to scan him and whatever, and he's like, oh, it's Master Skywalker. And mm-hmm. Vader just loses his mind on him. Like, <laughs> probably because he calls him Master. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, like have have whether it's Vader hunting this down or even stories of inquisitors coming close to discovering it, but this this Jedi or this Jedi droid fights them off to keep the safety of this archive secret for mm-hmm. Luke to discover. I like that idea. That's a great one. Um I loved Rebels for the creation of the Rebellion and how they showed it. Yeah. I think it made a hell of a lot more sense than what we got in um, 
the Force Unleashed with the way that they kind of came together. Because to me, it makes no sense for all of these senators to sneak behind the Galactic Empire's back to try and create a rebellion. The reason why I think that's silly is because all of these senators we've seen throughout the history of the Star Wars movies and especially in the Clone Wars, they are all out for each other. Mm-hmm. Like they're all like, yes, they'll help you if it, it benefits them. Like it's just too much. So having a Jedi cr- begin the process of starting that rebellion or Hera is the real start of that rebellion, whatever you want to tell in that regard, it just makes more sense to me. But what about the other cells? We got the rebel cell, right? We got mm-hmm. the Phoenix squadron. What about the other ones? How did Bale get his stuff together? How did, um, what's his name? The, um, Oh, I forget his name. He's got the kid, Commander Sato. Okay. How did his cell come together? How did uh, Dodonna's cell come together? Mm-hmm. How did Mon Mothma kind of, like, where did she get the capacity to bring all of these cells together into one and we end up on Yavin 4? Like, I love Rebels for what it told, but Rebels was all about that one cell that eventually got to the bigger cell. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about all of those. See yeah. them. Like it doesn't, it could be a show like a, a legit rebel show where three episodes is about the squad, the, this squadron, three episodes are about Dodonna squadron and all that and how they all kind of come together. I'd love to see that. Yeah. That'd be pretty sweet. It'd be a little different. And then we'd see a different side of politics within star Wars, which Alan would absolutely love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, what's up next for you? Uh, for next, I have. Well, I guess I wouldn't have canceled the Clone Wars, and I would have finished the series properly. Yeah, I agree. Uh, because it does go in. I think it was scheduled to go in after Order sixty six. Order sixty six. So it does fit into this timeline. I know that the Bad Batch is basically they, they had eight. episodes <laughs> in them right of the the canceled clone wars show so i mean there's there's the bad batch so it's been kind of reborn i suppose through them and probably also through rebels in some ways so i mean i guess i'm I'm glad we're getting that but i i don't know there's just something about i like the idea of just finishing the clone wars you know there were some really really cool episodes that i watched that were just like not finished production where Obi-Wan and, and Anakin are discovering these giant kyber crystals that are yep. going to be used yep. in the Death Star, right? And so just having stuff like that, I think, is uh, would have been nice. Get to see more of that. That kind of ties into what my next one is. What happens with all of the Grand Republic leaders? Hmm. Everybody just falls in line with the Empire. Mm-hmm. Nobody questions it. Like, and if they did, what happened to them? Let's see the empire, the infancy of the empire. Let's see it expand and grow. And that's that's in that mind frame of Clone Wars into the Bad Batch era slash Rebels era. Um, maybe maybe some of the leaders that were happy that the empire is a thing now, maybe they were happy about the eradication of the Jedi. Let's see them and their responses to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you, you mentioned some of those stories, right? Like, I guess one of the rebel stories ended up being, uh, with saw Guerrera where they find that big giant green Kyber crystal 
and the tra- mm. it's being transported, right? So it's that was kind of that episode that you're talking about with Anakin and Obi-Wan finding the Kybers. Jetta. Mm-hmm. Let's see Jetta and the fact that it is a house of it's it, it's the dusty sun sand ridden Ilum brother. Like so if Ilum exists and if Jetta exists, that means there's got to be other planets that exist with kyber crystals. Mm-hmm. So I mean you would think that there'd have to be. Let's talk about that. And let's see, let's see more of that and, and the empire hunting it. And like, we're, we're far enough into the timeline within rebels where Ilum becoming sky or not sky. Um, Starkiller base mm-hmm. is a thing. Mm-hmm. So let's, I love that it's in a video game, but I, I'd love, I want to see it in a story. Mm-hmm. So yeah, let's, let's get on to the whole, now we're into the Galactic Empire era. I, w- I want to see more stories that directly come from Palpatine. Like, he doesn't need to be so hidden now that we know who he is. Yeah. So let's see him as that puppet master doing yeah. the things that like he all needs of to his, do. All of his plans have now come to fruition, and this is like all the harvesting. Yeah. The berries are ripe. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my turn now for my yeah. last one. Yeah. Um. I would have had more of Ezra exploring the dark side, I think. Um, I agree. In it, uh, because I actually kind of like the idea of setting him up as the big bad in the sequel trilogy. Like, if they're going to redo it, okay. I think that would be pretty cool. You know, he's, he's, you know, he's got a story. He's kind of similar to Anakin in a way. You know, like he's been dabbling in the dark side. You know, his... Uh, his master hasn't been able to teach him so well. Like he, he's kind of, he's been exposed to so many things. All these Sith Lords want him as his apprentice, as their apprentice, you know, and then he disappears with Thrawn and uh, you know, who knows what Thrawn could convince him to talk, like what could talk him into uh, when they're isolated on the ship together for however long they are um, and seeing him become, uh grow into the bad guy or maybe they don't even do that maybe they just cut to it and in the ahsoka show no ezra's back and he's you know 10 years older or whatever or 20 years older and um he's just started dabbling in the dark side and ahsoka's like no and then you know <laughs> and the, the the conflict starts right and that just then he becomes a problem for luke and he should be luke's gonna need a problem yeah and it doesn't need to be han and leia's kid no I mean, I like Kylo. I like I like how torn he is. You can still do that story. Well, maybe maybe but he you, becomes Ezra's apprentice. Yeah, right. But you can't have Luke trying to kill him because he had a bad dream. Yeah, no, he <laughs> like, can't. It's just absurd. Yeah. Um. I yes, I like that. I agree. Uh, for my last one, I want I want to know more about the Jedi that survived. Okay. We don't get nearly enough of them. Mm-hmm. The taste of the Jedi outside of Kanan and Ezra that we get is Luminari. Mm-hmm. And she's long dead. Mm-hmm. So bleh. I want I want to hear I want a more Jedi that survived. And let's be real. Jedi and Sith. And Asajj. Oh god, Asajj for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's bounty hunting at this point. Mm-hmm. A force sensitive bounty hunter. 
give me a break and a four a semi-trained four sensitive bounty hunter <laughs> yeah that seems to tie in well with a boba fett type exactly uh, um, storyline and here's the thing as much she, as... she runs into boba fett in the clone wars right they have that kidnapping yes the that's person right. together that's thing. right that yeah, is have, right have them run into each other a little more for sure and maybe boba's the one that kills her i know that there's that book that that's canon out there but is it canon i don't know if it still is or not. They can do whatever they want. Oh, yeah. As long as it just turns out good, that's all I can. <laughs> um, Jedi and the Sith, they are the story of Star Wars. Tell your one-off stories of bounty hunters here and like um, Sith apologists here or whatever you want to call it, whatever. But Jedi and the Sith, they have to be at the heart of the main story. Mm-hmm. Because if they make... And I'm not saying that they are, but if they were to make a, a, a sequel trilogy based off of Mandalorian and Boba Fett, and yeah. like I would just be like, Bleh. like great secondary characters. It's got to be a Jedi and it's got to be a Sith at the end of the day fighting. Like it just has to be that way. Yeah, because so too. that's the heart of the story. Mm-hmm. The good and the evil. Bounty Hunter, you can do both. Right? Like we've seen that. So. Uh, do you have any honorable mentions? I don't. I had a hard time thinking up stuff just because there's so much in here and I there don't. isn't really a lot that we've had. And, you know, the stuff that we've have had so far has been pretty good. So it's hard to be nitpicky about it. That's fair. I do yeah. have a few of them. I'll throw okay. them out real quick. You just tell me what you think. Uh, how does Palpatine navigate the political waters now? So mm-hmm. kind of same in line with the puppeteering and him, like, kind of doing what he does. Um what happened to the separatists? <laughs> like mm-hmm. the Galactic Empire appears. What what's the separatist situation like? Do they mm-hmm. just do they just get enveloped, and now they're just part of that whole process? I guess so. Uh, I want more Borgullet Saw Guerrera. <laughs> like I need more Borgullet. Okay, I need mm-hmm. it. Uh, and then finally, as we get closer to the original trilogy, stories from Yavin Four. Because Yavin 4 is a Masasi temple that was inhabited by a Sith Lord from the Old Republic. Mm-hmm. And they're just hanging around in there. Let's hear some of those stories. And how they deal with it. Yeah, I'd like them all. So there you go. That is our top five things that we would change uh, about the dawn of the Rebellion era. And it's not even like things that we would change. Maybe even just add in. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing, right? Yeah. Um, Bad Batch, we're reviewing the whole series. We're up to episodes two and three now. So we'll get right into that. (coughs) Pardon me. First uh, episode is number two, Cut and Run, which is awesome because uh, we get to see some fun. Cut Laquain, he's back at it. The former clone who abandoned the, I guess, Galactic Republic to start up a family of his own with a Twi'lek. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bad Batch, they are in hyperspace. They travel uh, as Hunter walks up to Echo, who is looking at a passed out wrecker in Omega. Uh, he Omega. marvels. Omega. Mm-hmm. Uh, he marvels over her curiosity because she is. She's so curious about everything. Um, Seleucami is where they're going. We've been there before in the Clone Wars. That's where we met Cut and his wife and their kids. Um, 
One of the things that I love about this show is Omega. I love her character. I really do because mm-hmm. we're getting a brand new character that is, I don't know. What's the best way to say it? She is discovering everything for the first yeah. time, right? Like I get to discover it through her too. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a cool thing. Like she gets off of, they, they land on Seleucami. She gets off the ship and the bad batch, they're walking and they're ready to go. And she just, kind of is like staring at the sky she can't believe this this uh, sunrise or sunset whatever she like gets down on the mm-hmm. ground and she like lifts up the dirt like it's what is all... this yeah. yeah it's such a cool yeah i like how they do that it's it's i like it it's neat uh they yeah. meet up with cut and sue uh the clone who i mentioned abandoned the republic army he made his family hunter introduces echo and omega because i guess this one did they meet or did uh, do we meet Cut before Echo dies, or is it after? I can't remember. That's a good question. I don't remember either. Um, Cut asks about Crosshair. Hunter just tells him it's complicated. And it is. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, Cut says Rex told him about the clones turning on the Jedi. Rex, or they inquire about Rex. And Cut also mentions the behavior chips, which I, I love this too, right? Because none of them understand it. But mm-hmm. Omega keeps saying, like, yeah. Yeah, those are the inhibitor chips. Like, I told you about them. They mm-hmm. changed. That's why, like, you can't be mad at Crosshair. He's he's not doing this on his own. <laughs> yeah. So I think we need to find out more about what she knows about those inhibitor chips. Yeah. That's kind of a big deal, right? Like, she seems to know a lot. Yeah, she definitely seems to be in on something that she hasn't told us about yet. Yeah. Uh, Hunter asks about it. Tech just says he thought that they uh, that would have been obvious by how they all just flipped, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, which is not the first time that he said that. Remember back in the first episode when Emperor Palpatine is talking about the Galactic Empire and all the clones start cheering, and I think uh, Tech just kind of looks around. And he's like, "This if this doesn't give you the heebie-jeebies, I don't know what will." Mm-hmm. Um, they, uh, Hunter asked, like, would we have them? And it's assumed that only the regs had them in so- installed, but um, Omega's kind of like, eh, it might not be the case. Cuts. Kids end up taking Omega outside to play catch, and uh, it's funny because, again, another first, Omega's just struggling to understand what this game is about. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um Cut asks Hunter about Omega and he says she's just a defective clone, which Cut doesn't buy. And then he mentions that the Kaminoans don't do anything without purpose. What's her skill and purpose? And then says that raising kids is harder than battling droids. Mm -hmm. Which, yeah, battling droids is pretty straightforward. Shoot it. Uh, Hunter notices ships being confiscated. Cut explains it's the Empire cataloging all of the ships within the Empire. This is brilliant by the Empire. So yeah. not only are they cataloging the ships, right? Um, they're also cataloging the people mm-hmm. with the with the uh, chain codes. Yep. Um, and then Cut also talks about the chain cones and that uh, this is the situation. Outside, the kids lose the ball past the fence. Omega is about to go for it when Jack, who is one of the uh, the boy kid, says that they just don't go past the fence. Mm-hmm. Shea is the girl. Jack, they are talking. Omega then goes for the ball and finds out the reason for the rule. A Nexu is sitting there and ready to attack. And the Nexu is the animal that was attacking Padme. Yes. 
uh, strategically slashes her clothes as she's climbing up the pillar in Attack of the Clones. Yeah, she, she I does. actually really like that uh, that creature. I thought that was the coolest. That's one cool. Of the three gladiator pit creatures. Yeah. So like seeing it again in this episode, I was like, oh, cool. This is where they're from. Neat. He gets he gets a good scratch on her back. Yeah. And then she just yeah. is and okay. Whatever the uh, the the trade guys like yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's excited. No, because he does like this yeah. turn thing that I, I like I went when I was re-watching Attack of the Clones. I, I watched it like four times because it's such a funny reaction. It's all he's like yes. He's just yeah. like super stoked about it. <laughs> um Omega uh Omega's in trouble. Uh the Laquane kids call for help. Sue gets on top of their home and then gives support fire. This hunter goes for Omega and fends off the Nexu. A couple of shots from Sue scared away. A hunter reprimands Omega, who was scared and humiliated, but Cut jumps in uh, to show Hunter the way. Mm-hmm. Hunter makes sure he's like, is everything okay? Nothing's, you know, scratches, everything. You just got to deal with it differently, Hunter. Mm-hmm. Like, figure this out, dude. <laughs> yeah, I think it's interesting. I like, you know, this position. Like, Hunter's been, and really the whole Bad Batch, they've just been soldiers, right? Like, yeah. Basically, like almost ruthless mercenaries for uh, the Kaminoans, you know, being sent out at the behest of the Galactic Republic. And so then to just put them in the position to have a child. (laughs) Yeah, I I think it's I think the way that Hunter does behave, it makes total sense. Like you have no idea what a a kid's like. Right. You got to you're going to treat him like a soldier, probably. And that's kind of how he treats Omega. And then to have cut step in and be like, this is, you know, just to see him like learn basically how to be a parent or a guardian um, is, is been is kind of cool in this episode. Like you just get to see him start to understand the kids so much more as the episode goes on. And I agree. And it's great. I like what I also like about it is that this also shows off the individuality of the clones because if they were all just these bare bone clones that were popped out, every clone is the same, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. The clones are no different than the separatist droids. Yeah. But that was the big thing about the clone wars cartoon show. It showed. And okay. Do you like, did you ever watch the original cartoon? Like the 2D the, one, the one that was kind of like driven, written by the or drawn by the anime guy or whatever yes like the very old yeah. ones the first two there was like two seasons of it yeah that those clones there are robots mm-hmm. these clones here in the clone wars bad batch even in rebels they have each of them are all personalities and disney slash george lucas at the time went out of their way to make them individuals mm-hmm and I like that about that. And the same thing is happening here with the Bad Batch. But like you said, they are these mercenaries and they they come and they go. They're kind of, what's the word? Um, kind of assholes when it comes to listening to orders from, from the Empire. Or, mm-hmm. well, not the Empire, but uh, the Republic beforehand. And it's because of their individuality. And I like that they show that. I think that's cool. <clears throat> Tech and Echo come up with a plan to get the chain codes uh, by having the Empire <laughs> confiscate their ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, problem is, Omega is now on the ship thinking about her actions and uh, their ship gets picked up and Hunter, not a fan. <laughs> Tech 
and Echo, and they inform the group that they will meet at the space docks with the chain codes for Cut and Family. Uh, then they get to work getting the chain codes. Echo goes into one of these areas. Um, he figures everything out, gets the chain codes, and mm-hmm. makes his way back to the ship. Um, I guess tech takes no time really to modify or create these chain codes for. Um, and this is this now this leads me to more questions because like how do the chain codes work? If like because tech just straight up makes them for cut and family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. And Omega, I guess, right? Like he made he made an extra one for Omega, but so like, how does it work? How do you how do these change? Like, explain those more because we get a little bit of it in Mandalorian when Boba Fett shows his chain code, mm-hmm. um, and then we get a kind of bare bones explanation of what a chain code is within Bad Batch. Maybe there's more explanations coming because you would have to think at some point the Bad Batch are going to have to have chain codes to kind of be able to work their way through the Empire. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's basically chain codes is ID, so there can be fake ID slash fake chain codes. Um, after Echo gets the cards, Tech hacks them. Omega has to take the codes because troopers are starting to come. Clone troopers are starting to come to fire on them. Uh, Tech warns Hunter and Wrecker uh, that uh, she's on her way to help. Wrecker takes off from the main group to go and get. Omega and then there's the fight that happens a wrecker saves Omega from a droid and she takes off towards Hunter then three clones show up and wrecker does the the noggin knocker with all three clones (laughs) (laughs) the old gorilla monsoon noggin knocker yeah I just haven't understood why like at this point the bad batch hasn't stolen normal stormtrooper armor yet that's a good point they have like because they stand out you know, like, why did they just take Stormtrooper? I mean, obviously, Wrecker, yeah, okay. But the rest of them, if they just put on normal Stormtrooper armor or even painted their armor white, <laughs> Stormtroopers, I feel like they would get away with a lot more. You know what I mean? I agree. I'm thinking the only reason why it hasn't come to that, and I think it's kind of a dumb reason, is because they want them to they want them to be different. Yeah, so it's, it's easier for the audience, probably. Yeah. yeah. But I'm like... Who are you trying to impress with this? Because like this, this show to me, it isn't made for potentially new Star Wars fans. No, right. Yeah. So you're you're making this show for Star Wars fans. We know who the Bad Batch is now. Uh, if they're wearing white clone trooper armor, it's not affecting my. No, even if they just colored them like they have dark purple, like you know, like each yeah. section has their color or whatever. Well, even like they're each their masks are all different, yeah. Right? Their helmets, so their helmets are white, but it's the same, and they're just all white. Mm-hmm. Just to kind of, just to kind of, yeah, I agree. Because really, you would think at this point, especially with Tarkin, uh, in on this, that every clone trooper is aware. Mm-hmm. And that kind of that that made me question a little bit when the troopers uh, is it? Oh, it's up to cut. Right, like cuts about to get onto their ship, mm-hmm. and trooper, a trooper comes up to him and he's looking at him. He's like, "You seem familiar." And I'm like, "Wait a minute, what do you mean you seem familiar? He's an exact clone of you." <laughs> <laughs> like what? <laughs> what do you mean you seem familiar? Very good point. I questioned that point. so hard. I was like, "He's he looks exactly Something like about you. you." Seems familiar. <laughs> yeah. 
what his weird like looking ass in facial a mirror. hair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> his weird ass facial hair is is what's hiding. He's like a, a pair of glasses, Superman Clark Kent. Yeah. I thought that was weird, but whatever. Um, Cut is super worried about the plan not working, and at the last second, Omega gets there with the chain codes, five of them. Hunter tells Omega that the extra chain code is for her so that she can go with Cut and Sue because they are going to be able to give her a better life. Mm -hmm. So, noble what Hunter's trying to do here. Yeah, I I completely get it. I think he's in the right, too, for doing this. Like, you know, he realizes like taking care of this Omega is, no is going to be, yeah, this is no life for her. She shouldn't be doing what they're doing. She's going to be in danger all the time. And I think he does make a good, uh, a good judgment. Um, uh, Omega is obviously devastated. Like she's, she's broken hearted. She has an obvious connection to Hunter. Mm-hmm. So she reluctantly goes cut weights in the line while their chain codes are checked. They get clear. They move on. Hunter leaves the port to help the rest of the Bad Batch. Sue asks Omega if she's ready to go. And we can clearly see she's like, like looking both ways. She's torn on what she wants to do. Which again, I thought was kind of weird because you would think at the same, like Sue doesn't need to ask her permission. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right? Like just grab the kid and let's go. Yeah. But I get why they did it that way. Um, Hunter gets back to the group. Wrecker asks where Omega is. Hunter starts to tell him she isn't coming when all of a sudden she yells, wait for me. She gets tripped up by a clone. Hunter goes full on Hunter and kills three clones super quickly (laughs) and efficiently and then grabs Omega and gets her onto the ship. Um, As they get on their ship, they watch the civilian transport carrying the Laquains away and then they escape Salukamai. On the ship, Omega tells Hunter she has a lot to learn and that she knows she made a mistake, but that they don't have to get rid of her, which was kind of a funny way of telling her that, yeah, we love you. You can stay. Mm -hmm. Uh, She wants to be with the Bad Batch. It's it's there. Hunter agrees and he says he also has a lot to learn and that if this is where she wants to be, this is where she will stay. And end of the episode, nice little father daughter moment. Mm hmm. Which is kind of funny because it is kind of that relationship that we're getting with them. Mm -hmm. And it makes no sense because they're brother and sister. (laughs) Essentially, right? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I I think it was interesting, too, that they didn't tell Wrecker that they were going to leave Omega behind. Like, it seems like everybody... (laughs) Everybody else knew, but record, that's a good point, right? They didn't leave that record in because he's probably would have protested. Well, and no, I, I think mean, they Echo, knew that. yeah, Echo and Tech would know because they had like Echo was told to get five chips, yeah, and Tech had to do five chips, yeah, and yeah, Wrecker was like, Oh no, we can't tell Wrecker, he'll be a big baby about it, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is funny. Uh, episode number three is replacements, this is a fun episode as well. Uh, episode starts off with the bad match in hyperspace, which is kind of the theme. Mm-hmm. Um, Hunter is handing out rations to the crew. Omega is resting on the gonk droid, <laughs> which is tipped over. Completely looks uncomfortable. Uh, Tech is working on a scanner for the in- inhibitor chips. Echo is attempting to keep the ship flying, and Wrecker is hanging out in the gun wing. Um, he's really hungry mm-hmm. and wants second rations. Hunter's like, nope, we can't. We're rationing this. Omega's so giving, she offers her ration to Wrecker after he devours his own. And he's like, yeah! And then Hunter's like, no, no, you can't. Like, she's got to eat her own stuff. And he's like, oh, oh, okay, never mind. They look pretty it. terrible anyway, though, didn't they? 
It like, just like sticks of protein. Yeah, and, and, and calories probably. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, the ship gets pulled out of hyperspace, and they they crash land on a moon. Tech informs them that they have a spare power capacitor, which they do need to replace. Omega asks if uh, she can. Um... Oh no! She pulls down a case. Mm-hmm. thinking this is the case and they're all looking at it like oh and then a uh, wrecker so funnily funnily is that even a word so funny yeah. um he's just like oh fine i'll say it i miss him and they're talking about crosshair mm-hmm. and then uh echo bites into wrecker by saying he almost killed you and he's like ha yeah yeah he did (laughs) and i'm like that's brothers it's just brothers it's so funny the way that he reacted towards it yeah uh tech mentions that the inhibitor chip could be what caused him to betray them they're finally starting to talk about a little bit more echo asks if it can do that and omega tells them yeah that is what they are designed for so again you would think at some point the bad batch are going to sit down with omega and have a little conversation about this on camino a procedure is being performed on Crosshair. Tarkin asks Rempart about Pro uh, Project War Mantle and says mm-hmm. it's on scan. Uh, it's on schedule. Now, Project War Mantle. We've heard this before, actually, in Rogue One, when they're okay. talking about the different projects. Right? There's Project. Oh War yeah, Mantle, Stardust. Stardust, and then um, I forget what the third one is, but I think the third one has to deal with uh, Kyber crystals. I think. Mm-hmm. But uh, War Mantle was the Galactic Empire's conscription effort to get away from the expensive cost of creating and maintaining the clone army and bringing in civilians who would be more loyal because they want to be there. Mm-hmm. Whereas the clones were were created to be there, but they're obviously showing defectiveness by having individuality and with them growing up with, essentially growing up with the Jedi having that mind frame right mm-hmm. so yeah they're like disgruntled yeah a little bit they could and, be a little disgruntled yeah and as we as we're getting more and more into the bad batch like we're only reviewing these two episodes but we're already on to what episode eight or something like that or nine in the bad we, batch or are we on like i think 12? we're on like 12 or 13 yeah, 12 or 13 we're seeing other um clones that are yeah. wait a minute this isn't right kind of thing mm-hmm. so uh, Rempart explains his plan to enlist regular citizens um, and then get them trained by the elite clones. Crosshair is to lead that first elite squad. Tarkin agrees. Nala Say, the uh, Kaminoan, is concerned about this. Back on the moon, Tech and Echo are replacing the power capacitor when Echo hears something and then notices something on the side of the ship. He calls Tech over and it's three giant claw marks. Mm-hmm. And then when Tech walks away from where he was, we see, I guess, like a kind of shadowed creature of some sort that comes out, grabs the capacitor, and runs off. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I like to, I like seeing these creatures too. You know, like yeah, um, yeah, like I was saying before, I want to see the big creatures of the galaxy. But you know, even though this isn't a big creature, it's still kind of cool. And I like seeing it's, this stuff. It's unique and different too. It is. Yeah, I also. Um, something too like that uh with wrecker hitting his head a lot oh yes yes. um because he does hit his head a lot before they have this landing on this this, well he bumps uh, back and i think he hits the gonk droid yeah he hits he hits his head a couple times and you you just notice that they're like really 
uh, trying to bring attention to him hitting his head and with the uh, inhibitor chip stuff and everything it's like oh not wrecker like yeah you know he's getting mean? he's getting a little yeah. bit of a headache and he's like ah my head hurts and you're kind of going uh-oh okay. yeah like this is we already know what's coming we've seen it before so yeah. does it come to that do they get these inhibitor chips fixed in time um Inside the ship, Omega is startled by the thing, and she tries to explain what she saw to the group. Right, that my next thing was Wrecker is complaining about a headache. Tech says the creature is probably an Ordo Moon Dragon, and that they feed off pure energy. They notice it took the capacitor, and Hunter and Omega go after it. Omega, I love that. I just love it. On Camino, the new Elite Squad is having their physicals, and they complain about the Republic and how the Empire is there for them. Which is interesting, right? Because I think a lot of people too, with the way that Palpatine did the whole puppet thing, made the Republic weak in the eyes of so many people. Mm -hmm. And that the Empire is there for that protection and that stability and all these things that we've heard him say. Mm -hmm. And now that their, their propaganda machine is pumping this out as well, civilians within the Empire that maybe were... Um, rebellious or they were like i want to fight the separatists or anything like that now they're being conscripted and now they're having this loyalty to the empire which is interesting to see mm -hmm. um prime minister lamasu says the elite squad will never be as militarily efficient as clones rempart says he values the willing enlistment of soldiers over the clones kind of continuing that whole we can we can manipulate people into wanting to die for us, mm -hmm. which is a lot more um, efficient than clone troopers that are built to fight for us. Because fighting for somebody, you can lose that. You can you can lose that desire, right? Mm -hmm. Wanting to die for you—that is a level of loyalty that is extremely hard to find. Yeah. So if you can find it and you get them trained by these elite clones. Look out. Um, again, this time, Tarkin tasks the new squad with hunting down the same group of Saw Gerrera's camp that they did to the Bad Batch initially and eliminating them to test their loyalty. Lama Sue leaves concerned about this. Hunter and Omega hunt down the Moon Dragon. Omega asks what he's doing and he says he's tracking. And then Hunter then explains their skills but leaves out Crosshair. Omega says that she shouldn't, uh, that he shouldn't be mad at him, that he can't help it, and he says he's mad at himself that the, they don't leave their own behind, which I liked because it brought up the whole clone trooper thing, right? Because we see that in the training of the Clone Wars, um, with what was the original group that we saw, like with Echo in it too. I think um, it's... Domino Squad. Yes, Domino Squad. They talk about like they they fail their test because they leave. I think it's Echo that they leave laying there. Yeah. Um. So I like that, that that's part of the Bad Batch's thought mentality too. Mm -hmm. And then Omega says, well, then we'll get him back. <laughs> uh, on the Empire dropship to Onderon, one of the soldiers questions Crosshair as leader and tells him to enjoy being leader for now. Ooh, probably mm -hmm. should have said that. Hunter and Omega find the power capacitor, but Hunter gets attacked by the dragon and loses his breather. Omega gets it back on and grabs his gun to chase the dragon after he passes out, but she saves him. The elite squad, they find the Guerrera camp and they take out the soldiers. Crosshair has one soldier left and he questions her about the location of Saw. 
she says she wouldn't tell him anyway and he shoots her dead in her spot and says that he believes her and then questions the civilians who say they know nothing crosshair then says they hold no value to the empire and raises his gun but the insubordinate soldier tells him to stand down that they aren't listening to the clone anymore that they will take them in and that they aren't civilian executioners crosshair um says something along the lines are does that mean you will not comply and then says good soldiers follow, uh, orders. follow orders and then kills the soldier yeah then orders I thought the... this was awesome That's, it was that was great like it it's was. so intense and you just like you know it's just this group of jerks so i don't really feel any sympathy for any of them anyway <laughs> yeah. but then you see like crosshair is just like the the, the supreme jerk and you know basically straight up executes them i i what i would like to see a little more is some like if they're gonna redeem crosshair the struggle right because there's no Mm -hmm. man maybe there's no struggle now because it's not the bad batch Mm -hmm. that he's dealing with so what does he care right but i'd like to see him struggle with the decisions that he's making a little bit more but maybe maybe that's the whole point of what's going on with him right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but yeah, he shoots, he shoots him down and then orders the rest of them to finish the mission. And we ambiguously see them gun and fire down civilians mm-hmm. as, <laughs> as uh crosshair walks off behind them and turns around and then watches. Cause that is some dark shit right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hunter awakens. Oh no, I jumped. Oh, Omega is is in the cave that the dragon went to. She sees all types of power containers that have been drained. She then finds the right capacitor and says she got lucky and then turns around to see the dragon. Hunter awakens and he's fretting about where she is. Omega turns off her light that she had kind of like flashing on the dragon and it calms down. Yeah. She tosses she's pretty it. Gutsy for going in there. Right? Oh yeah, big time. But she's a clone. Mm-hmm. It's Good clones follow orders. Yeah. Uh, she tosses it into a corner and it chases it and eats the power that flashes through it, which was a cool. I liked it because like the creature bites into the light, the the flashlight, and then mm-hmm. its whole body just starts flashing. Mm-hmm. Like it's like char- like, yeah, yeah. Which is cool. And then she uh, she grabs the capacitor, climbs out to Hunter, and then she tells him that she completed the mission because good soldiers complete. <laughs> complete the mission <laughs> uh and he's surprised but he's also proud too he's, you can see it on his face right uh back on camino the elite squad arrives one short crosshair explains the situation that his camp uh the camp was dealt with tarkin is impressed and rampart says that the conscription project is going to be successful tarkin says the clones are costly and a relic of the past and then promotes rampart to admiral Lama Sue and Nala say discuss the issue uh, about the empire and their ability to survive because it looks like, I don't know. We've kind of speculated on it in the past here on this show. It looks like it's going to come down to clones versus stormtroopers, And there were only so many clones created. There are billions and billions and billions of, civilians that can be conscripted into the empire and we got to figure out where all of these clones went (laughs) 
So I don't know. Are, do you think we're going to lead into some sort of clone versus stormtrooper battle? Hopefully. I, I mean, it kind of seems logical because they have to go somewhere, right? So like to have them all destroyed seems a really good way of explaining why they're not around in any of the following timelines. Yeah. Like they kind of got to be destroyed. And especially leaders within the, the, the galactic yeah. empire. Like there's yeah. none. You've yeah. got what they're are all we... highly trained, highly skilled individuals. You'd think they would assume positions of leadership in like the Imperial Army if they were left alive. You know, we don't really see any of them. I mean, I I know they could just put them all as captains or whatever of of troops or something, but like I don't know. I think that would be more fun of a story too, is to have the clones killed off and some kind of like grand war between the conscripted recruits and this the clones and it's like for me it's got to happen fairly quickly because mm-hmm. when you think of the original trilogy and to me everything has to come down to the original trilogy mm-hmm. we never hear anything about anything from before the empire outside of the clone wars from luke right that's literally it you fought with my father in the clone wars mm-hmm. like that's it we don't mm-hmm. we don't hear what happened to the clones <laughs> right like we we later find out that rex was retconned into being at the battle of yavin yavin no endor and that he's he's part of the rebellion but he's it's one one dude like we have one clone at that point who's super old Mm-hmm. but still super efficient as a, as a soldier. So yeah, I, I think the, what they could do easily is have this grand war between the, the Republic clones and the empirical stormtroopers, And just off of the sheer number of stormtroopers that they could have, they eradicate the clone troopers and it's all going to come down to Camino. Mm-hmm. And maybe they destroy Camino. Maybe they don't. Because you would have to think that the cloners have some sort of way to save themselves. Because especially with the Empire cloning. Palpatine and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe maybe they sacrifice the clones in order to work with the Empire later on. I don't know what the story is. But the empire can certainly put a lid on this uprising of clones mm-hmm. with propaganda so that we never hear about that as a war at all. And then you just keep it under wraps. The empire's just like, ah, oh, no, nothing happened. It was a training exercise on Camino. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, like, I don't know. Yeah. They could just, whatever. It doesn't they need could, to be this could, big yeah. grand battle that all oh, the clones were fighting for survival Oh yeah, oh. or maybe they're all called the Camino, and they just have a couple uh, star destroyers do air, aerial bombardment on Camp Camino, and yep. that's it. Yep. Um, Crosshair and his elite squad move into the former Clone Force ninety nine barracks, which I thought was dirty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then uh, Crosshair sits down on his bed, and he looks. What would you say that look is? Uh, I've got to remember it, but he just looks contemplative if I remember, yeah. right? Yes, that's the word. Contemplative or like maybe confused even. 
Yeah. Like, what the hell am I doing? Yeah. Kind of a thing. Um, the Bad Batch, they take off from the moon, and Wrecker shows Omega that he made her her own room on the ship. It's cute. She loves it, and Hunter says that she is now a part of the squad officially. Yeah, and he's still grabbing his head, but that oh, is a very sweet thing of him to do. I, got, I like that. I got a headache, but I made you a room. Uh, mm. I'm probably going to eat you later, but I made you a room. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the end of the episode. Yeah. Yeah, there are th- a couple episodes. I like it. I like where it's leading. Uh, obviously, we're going to see something up with um, Wrecker. Mm-hmm. I, we've seen the episodes. We obviously know what happens, but uh, hopefully they can figure this whole thing out because these next couple of episodes are going to be very important into what's going on within them and the inhibitor chip. But I think, I feel like we need to know more about the inhibitor chip. It's just so, it's yeah. such a huge plot point. It is. Yeah. Like without yeah, like, these inhibitor chips, there is no order 66. Yeah. Does Omega have one? That's a good question. I've never even thought of that. Yeah. I don't think she does. She's like Boba Fett in that regard. Right? Because Boba mm-hmm. doesn't well, does Boba have one? Yeah, I don't know. He was he was supposed to be, by their agreement, an unaltered clone, like a perfect clone of, of Django. So well, probably like, not. These chips have to be inserted into the kids at some point. Because the ba- they can't be just created and that's it. The mm-hmm. chip's there already, right? Like, that makes no sense. So, at what age do the clones receive these chips? There are Is the Kamen uh, Owens still pumping out clones? And if mm-hmm. so, are they still pumping these chips into them? Mm. There's a lot of questions to be asked here. There is. And I'm excited to see where it goes. So, mm-hmm. there you go. That is it. Uh, do you have anything else you want to add as far as these episodes or anything moving forward? I don't. Next week, don't. we will do episodes four and five. Mm-hmm. And um, for our top five, we are moving into the original trilogy era now. Mm-hmm. So excitement on what we would change with the original trilogy. What's yeah, one thing? What's great. what's one thing you would change right now? Right now, as a as a I, preview, like a, a you can't tweet? use it next week. I oh, I can't use it next week. No, I would say I would I would rechange the scene of Han shooting Greedo first. <laughs> I would That's rechange fair. that because Han is a bit of a scoundrel, and him shooting first is totally in character for him. Yes. And so they need to reestablish that. Hen is not, he's not a perfectly good guy. I feel like they tried to make the good guys too good in the original trilogy and the bad guys too bad. And there wasn't enough blurring of the lines and you can have a scoundrel be a good guy and an upstanding citizen be a bad guy. You know, like I wish they kind of had a little bit more blurred lines like that. So I agree. Changing hand back. I like that. Um, Shooting first. Shooting first, I think, is easily the first. That's the first thing that came to my mind. Mine would be to erase that whole scene where Han steps on Jabba's tail. Okay, yeah. Just take that out of there. We don't need it. It's it's absurd. So that's right after my scene. Yeah. Yeah. And then he calls him a wonderful human being. Wonderful I did. Th- being. I did think I that, did that like was that super line. funny, though. I like that line. Yeah. 
All right. That's what we've got up for you next week right here on Pod Racers uh, Star Wars Podcast. Matt, what would Alan say to send us out of here? Well, uh, he would say stay safe and watch Star Wars. Yes, he would. And hopefully we get him back soon. Yeah. And this is the end of our 50th episode. Yeah. And we're just going to keep running. We're not, I, I, I guess with this being 50, it's the end of, we'll call it season two. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. Season three or something. We can else. figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But uh, that's it for us. We'll see you next week right here on Pod Racers, a Star Wars podcast. Peace out, Matt. Take care. Thank you.